All right, so what's up, everybody? This is Ruben Garcia, and this is a beautiful day. And today on the Proven by Ruben podcast, we have Lad, who owns his own real estate team and is the OP of KW Wilmington. What's up, brother? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, waking up so early and jumping on the podcast. It's a beautiful morning, isn't it? Eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. So That's you're right. the bomb for letting me to come in here and, and, and jump into your house and, and us knock this out. That's right, man. So if you could tell everyone who you are, what you do, how you do it, and all that good jazz. Cool. Uh, yeah, my name is Lad Gasparovic. I'm, uh, we live in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is, uh, coastal North Carolina, right down at the beach, right off Wrightsville Beach. That's actually the place I went to college. Um, it is a, uh, it's a beautiful beach town. We're about two hours east of Raleigh. Um, I started out as an attorney and got into, you know, so got into real estate doing a lot of that about, uh, eight or nine years ago, got into real estate about four years ago, had the opportunity to launch a KW market center, Keller Williams market center. And, uh, the rest is history, man. We just been, we just been growing and changing lives. Yeah. So why the, why the change from uh, attorney to real estate agent? Um, you know, it's interesting. I had, a, I had, uh, Built two successful law firms. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't really something that I was super passionate about. Mm. The market tanked. Uh, there was a bunch of, uh, it was kind of a, a crazy time to get into real estate. I actually had a couple of really stressful things that happened. I had some clients that were developers that got sued. Oh, I man. got sued. Every every attorney, every agent, every mortgage person, anyone involved got sued in, in some different lawsuits. And that was enough of a stressor for me to kind of just look back and, and say, do I want to do this? So, um, everything was, everything was resolved. I, you know, we were, we were, um, dismissed from everything, but it just, at that point I, I'm looking at it going, when you're the attorney and you do a closing and you sign a HUD settlement statement, which is now a CD, yep. you're liable for the entire transaction and you make probably as little as anybody in the transaction. Mm. Uh, my wife was next door. Uh, she was actually 30 under 30 in realtor magazine. Um, you know, up and coming young realtor. And I was looking at her business and also cutting those checks to her and other other companies and going, hmm, like I understand that business. Yeah. And it looks a lot more fun than what I'm doing. And so that was enough of a – that situation just kind of lined up. And um, I actually went to my partners and uh, the attorneys that worked with me and said, hey, do you guys want to buy the law firm? So 2009, um, stepped out, uh, hired a coach right away, probably the best thing I ever did. Day one came in running that company, sort of as a business manager, a CEO. Yeah. Hired a coach day one, and I've uh, been rocking and rolling ever since. Wow. So the risk to reward wasn't there when you were an attorney. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. I mean, we did really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, the attorneys that, that were with me, they're still there, same building. I mean, they, they still, they're rocking and rolling. You talk about a win-win, those guys are crushing it. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I really have... Uh, f- falling into what I really love to do, which is love that coach, train, lead, and develop people. Yeah. So what what did that look like when you what, did you sit down? You say everyone come in a room at the law firm and say, "Hey, listen, there's something I have to tell you." What did they say? How did that go when you broke the news? Uh, you know, it's something we had actually been talking about, and oh, so okay. uh, actually, a guy named Martin Evans, who was the owner, we, we used to be at Exit Realty. Martin Evans came to us one day, and and um, he basically said to me at one point, he said, "You know." You keep saying that you don't like practicing law, and he's like, he was you know, sick of hearing you say that. <laughs> one thing. One thing that I forgot to tell you is that uh, Stephanie was pregnant, mm. and so one of the reasons that I fell in love with and married Stephanie is because she is all about family first, and, and faith is really important to her and family. And when so she was, you know, 
30 under 30 and just climbing really fast. And then yeah. when, when she got pregnant, uh, it was pretty clear she didn't really want to do it anymore. She wanted to definitely fade out. She's always been really good about keeping it between the lines and, yeah. and, you know, shutting it down. And she realized that she just, she really wanted to focus on being a mom. So we did, if we hadn't hired someone to run her business or manage her business or partner up with someone, which we did consider, uh, that the business that she built would have gone away and she was getting right. up to about eight to 10 million in, in, um, sales and sales volume. So, uh, Martin actually came to me and said, you know, I think you'd be the perfect guy. So he kind of planted the seed. So I'd had some discussions with my mm. partners about it and, um, everything just lined up. Now, after I made the decision, there are a few nights that I woke up and just like, man, am I doing the right thing? And, and yeah. just kind of wigging out about it. But, uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, sure. So some of those nights you're kind of, you're rolling over and like, man, should I even, wh- should I have even done this? What, what had, what kept you pushing through even those times where you're just kind of shaking your head? Like, I don't know if this was the right move. Um, you know, usually once I make a decision and, and roll with something, I'm really good about, uh, about really not regretting. I don't think there's, there's always oh, gotcha. one right way to go, but right. I mean, once, once that decision was made, man, we were, we were full force. Now I will say for the first year, I did kind of, um, I read a book called How to Be Idle, and it kind of mentioned, hey, you know, sleep late and don't use an alarm clock. So that, for that first year with my daughter, I kind of did some of that. Um, I sold the law firm, so I got paid out over a couple of years. Right. And um, that gave us enough money to where we weren't, you know, crushing it based on that, but we were doing well enough. So I kind of just lay low, spent, I mean, the first year I was – a lot at home, a lot with my daughter and have right. her a couple of days a week. And so I wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh, I did cool. kind of wake up one day and go, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get up early and <laughs> yeah. start and start going after it again, yeah. getting dressed up and going to work early. And what was that book idol about? I would not recommend it. No. <laughs> Why? Cause you said, it sounded like you said, uh, don't have an alarm clock or don't set the alarm clock. Yeah. And I don't believe in that anymore. Yeah, it, yeah. The book was about, it was called how to be idle and it yeah. kind of, you know, books can influence you in that book at the time. It was like, I think I was ready to get out of the rat race a little bit, yeah. but I think part of it's because of the stress and the other things right. that I was going through and, and just, I really didn't enjoy practicing law, but I didn't realize it as much until I was out. Right. Um, I mean, I believe in waking up early, um, yeah. you know, and I believe. Is that, that right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, go ahead. No. Yeah. I mean, usually uh, today I slept in a little bit. We got no, ki- we got no kids today. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm messing uh, with you. So my kids are shipped off to my uh, mother-in-law's, but my, uh, I mean, usually I'm up at 5 a.m. Yeah. And, and doing doing my quiet time, doing some reading, do a little bit of work, getting myself centered, doing all that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mentioned that book. Is a way to kind of fill in the uh, fill in a little bit of that story, but sure. I don't recommend it because I yeah. do. I I, rec- I like getting up early and getting it done because uh, yeah, that's when when the world is still asleep. I can get some things done. Oh man, there's something about that. Yeah. You know, I woke up super early this morning, and uh, this it wasn't necessarily to come straight here. It was honestly just to ride around Wilmington for a little while, and the streets are empty. There's a couple people out, but it's it's interesting because the couple people that are out, they're driving a Porsche or a Range Rover. And I'm go. like, hmm, you know, it's just those little hints. It's like, who's really waking up early? These yeah. are little hints. But yeah, you get that feeling that everyone's sleeping and, and that you're doing something that's creating momentum and you're already ahead of everyone else. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of a cliche when you do things that you love to do and you're inspired by it, then you don't you don't mind waking up early. And yeah. I, I kind of realized that if I don't want to jump out of bed and if I'm not really 
if I don't have the energy, then something's off because I, when I'm, when I'm really hitting on all cylinders and really going after it and really feeling inspired, I'm ready. I mean, I've got my stuff ready the night before I know what I'm yep. doing the next day and I wake up ready to go. Yep. So what is, what are some of those things that keep you inspired? What are some of those things you wake up, you got your stuff ready, you're ready to go? Uh, you know, everybody, you know, we're in real estate with Keller Williams and there's a lot, uh, in that. And when, if you've read Simon Sinek or I mean, they always talk about start with why and the big why, and that's kind of a, uh, that's difficult for some people Yeah. in some of the classes I teach. We, we kind of go deep on that. And some people really struggle with that yeah, as you, as agreed. you know, and yep. some people can't find it. Some people, when they find find it, they get really emotional. Yeah. Um, and it can change for me. Uh, mine has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. At one point, a few years ago, um, I heard someone speak at a conference and, uh, and it really just hit home with me and it was like, look, you know, you don't have to have this altruistic why to save the world or do anything. I mean, you can, if it, if it energizes you, but sure. it's really whatever gives you energy. Right. Right. And so at times I'm, I'm, I'm very competitive and I like, I yeah. like to win. I yeah. like to accomplish. I, I feel good if yeah. I get things done and when I'm, um, when I'm being effective, when I'm being efficient, um, and especially when I'm helping other people or building or growing things, like yeah. I'm very entrepreneurial like that. Yep. So uh, I think that that I, when I got okay with that being my why, just to achieve and to compete and to win. Yeah. Um, that was then that worked for me. Yeah. And I think then you get a certain level of success, and then you wake up one day, and then maybe you're not waking up as early, or you're mm-hmm. a little content, and then you look at it and you go. We've been winning at a high level. I mean, we've grown KW Wilmington really fast. We're the fastest growing office um, around in Southeast North Carolina. We're doing really well. And I'm, I'm not saying that to, to be arrogant or anything. I'm just saying it kind of, once you get that achievement, it can kind of, mm, you get a little bit of contentment that creeps in. Yeah. And then you go, well, I got to find something else. And so my what's really what i'm really excited about now is developing that next group of leaders right to take the torch and to grow it even you know grow it even larger grow it even faster yeah. and that's probably one of the things that i didn't get early on yeah that that's really what it's about and where what it's come down to now is that that's my entire job now is is finding getting business with exceptionally talented people and developing them and helping them grow as leaders and win and we do that, and then everybody wins, right? Absolutely, especially when you can grow through people. Definitely. Um, so backing up just a little bit, what do you do, or what's the question that you ask, or what do you, what do you ask people to ask themselves when they can't find their why? Because, it, I, I mean, same deal. I, I run into a lot of people who struggle with that, and we go deeper, and we're like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Um, and some people just really hit a, a hit a ceiling or hit a wall. What What's something that's helped, that you've seen that's helped people kind of break that down? So, um, in one of the, in fact, I, I taught a class at your market center last year with the millionaire real estate agent. And in that there's a, there's a, a section, there's an exercise that I recommend. And it's kind of like a, it's almost like a little flow chart and people that know me, I love the whiteboard and the flow charts, but yeah. it's just like, you just keep asking yourself the questions like, you know, what it's, what's the one thing that gets me the most inspired or what's the one thing that's most important to me? Why is that important? Just, and it just literally, it sounds it sounds really simple, but just keep asking that question, yeah. like why? And if you say family, a lot of people say family, and so, so interesting you say that, yeah. You know, and I'll go a little deeper on mine. One time, my wife and I were talking, and you know, it's like we're both from um, both of our parents grew up pretty poor, but did really well. We're from the same town in Southern Maryland, so we're from upper middle class. Our parents um, 
you know, we're very fortunate to, to grow up in good families and we were both, you know, college educated and I went to law school. Like, we're never going to be on the street. Right. And so when I say my family, uh, it sounds good and it sounds like it's the right thing to say. Right. And it, yeah. And then, but I don't get any energy from it. Yeah. Because my family's going to be okay. Yeah, right. If we lost everything, um, her family, my family, people people are going to take us in and are going to help yep. us. And yep. so we're not going to be um, at a point where, you know, we're going to, we're going to be Truly at risk have for nothing. Right. Right. And I will say this, we've, you know, through the downturn a few different times, I mean, we've, we've been really close to having, I mean, I know what it feels like to not have money as right. well. So, I mean, I've been through, we've been through the peaks and the valleys, right? Right. And, um, and back in like 2008, 2000, I mean, I sold my law firm in 2009, got into real estate. So, right. you know, after that, the Perfect money ran out to selling that and you can realize like 2000, remember the real estate market in 2010, yeah. 2000 wasn't so great. So, um, you know, we've been through that too, but having realizing that, and that's a conversation I had with my wife made me realize that although my family is like incredibly, incredibly important. I mean, we, sure. we believe God first family, then business. Yeah. And, and I believe in that. And it's what I, what I choose is my wife has got to give me the energy. And right. although my family is uber important, just incredibly important to me. Um, that's part of the reason I wake up every day. But I think the what I really am focused on is something larger is impacting people, developing yeah. people. And really I believe that business is a is a way to impact people. Mm-hmm. And we can we can really impact um people in our business, in our sorry, in our office, you know, in our city, in our region, in our world through what we do. We have an incredible amount of influence um, yeah. over people with people. And when we develop people to be um, better people, better leaders, better human beings. They see us living out our life, our faith, and what we do. Yeah. Um, and we grow them. I mean, there's a there's a massive impact. Yeah. So that's that's really my why now is yeah is developing leaders that can collectively impact the world. Yeah, exactly. And the more people that you impact, you kind of leave a piece of you with them. And in essence, you're you're creating this this lad Wilming or this lad Wilming, this lad legacy throughout other people because if they're now once they get to a point and they're teaching a class or they're teaching or they're working with their team they say you know lad once told me something 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 so the more people you impact in a way you're also building legacy because they will carry on your name as well yeah that's cool yeah that's cool i mean and you know this i mean most of what we do is i mean i wouldn't say it's my legacy right i mean there's not really anything that i'm teaching people that i've made up everything that i'm teaching you know they say like we're standing on the shoulders of giants we have some incredible mentors in our company um, too many for me to even name, but the, I've been with Keller for about four and a half years. And I mean, well, if I have so you and I started at KW around the same time. Yeah. I think cool. I, I was, uh, about October, 2013 yeah. when we launched it in Wilmington. And so just the number of people that I know across the country that are across the world, but mainly the country that are incredible leaders that are doing what do there are leading people um and running businesses in the in the world that we live in in real estate and in leadership right 
and they're just incredible people. Yeah. They've got their, I mean, they have the, they have the faith that I admire. They live out their faith. They live out their life. They live out, um, who they are is, is, is more important than what they do. So they're, right. they're nailing it at the highest level. They're, they're building massive companies and, and, you know, impacting lives and they're just incredible people. And so when I get to hang around people like that, it just makes me, you know, it just, that inspires me. That yeah, makes me better. True. Yeah. It totally stretches my mind on what I think is possible. Yeah. I mean, I think so differently and I think so much bigger now and that's because I'm, I'm around others. And so I just take on parts and pieces of, of what they have and pass it along. Right. Know? And usually when I teach too, or when I speak, I'll tell, I'll start out in the beginning and say, Hey, look, if, if I sell, if I say something that sounds smart, Know that it didn't come yeah, from me, right? You know, it's probably came from uh, R and D, Gary, yeah, Gary Keller, John Maxwell. I mean, somebody yeah. that, and they probably heard it from somebody else. Yeah, right? yeah, so. that's awesome, man. So to back up just a little bit, uh, your wife was in the business. You decided to jump in the business. Now, when you decided to jump in the business with your wife, you didn't, you weren't with KW at that time. No, or we what were did actually, that look like? We were actually with a company called Exit Realty. Yeah, okay. And then you were hanging out at Exit, and then how long before? You moved to KW. We were at Exit for um, a couple years, maybe maybe about a year or two. Um, Exit was uh, having some issues, and they were going to close their doors. So we we did some research. We actually went to another company, a very traditional company, Coal Banker, Seacoast, yeah. great company here in town. Uh, we were there for um, almost four years a lot during the downturn so it was nice right. to have a place that was pretty stable we you know going from a company that was closing its doors we knew that they were they were solid they were stable um, right we we grew we grew well there i started coaching um coach with an outside company um and grew there and then just kind of plateaued you know we grew it from about eight to ten million to about 25 million but we were kind of coming up against that ceiling and, and right. we didn't know what we didn't we didn't know how to get to that next level or who can get us there. So I started doing some training with, um, actually flew to a, I was in a Facebook mastermind online with some guys yeah. and there was this typical complaint in real estate with you. If you run a team, it's like, Oh, these buyer agents won't call leads and they're not doing their, you know, they're not doing their job and what's going on. And there yeah. were, there were a couple guys in that group that basically said, you know, if your team's not, there's no such thing as a bad salesperson. It's a bad sales leader. And you need to kind of look in the mirror and you need to, you need to get better. Yeah. And there's this class and it, the class is, it's what we, it's what we now call career visioning. So I mm. flew by myself to career visioning in uh, Bluebell, Pennsylvania. And, and probably that was, I'm going to say that was like May, 2013. And when I got there, when the, I remember the first 30 minutes just, you know, opening up, there was about 30 people in a, in a country club. Um, they ran out of country club. And Mark Olesh was the instructor, who's now the um, area director, regional director in South Florida. Um, and the class is about building a, a real estate business. It's the blueprint to build a real estate business and who to hire, when to hire, what their job descriptions are, the process to, to hire them, how much you should pay them, how you handle your budgeting. I mean, and there's this entire program to build a real estate business. Right. And I'm sitting there and going... I didn't even know this existed. How did I, I not know this existed? Right. So I remember texting my wife going, this is uh, this is pretty cool. And uh, so at that time, we had full intentions of, of um, we we outgrew the, the traditional model we were at. At, yeah. at some point, it, it, we couldn't grow because we didn't have enough. 
um, we weren't keeping enough of our own money to reinvest. And what I now know oh, is gotcha. we needed that money to invest in people. Um, and because they didn't have a cap structure or anything like that. So right. it was very traditional, you know, and great company just for where we were going. It, it didn't work for us. Right. So started investigating some things, fully intended to go independent. Um, oh, there was a, there was a, that class was called career visioning. And then there was a part two class to that, which is now called, um, 30, 60, 90, um, and success through others. And that's basically once you get in business with people, how do you lead them, motivate right. them, train them? Yeah. And, you know, help and help yourself become a better leader and lead people better. So I drove to Charlotte by myself to. Was this a mixed room of, 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 uh, agents from different companies or was it? Yeah. Did, yeah. Okay. Good. And I'll say, obviously it was like, I think it's mainly, mainly KW, yeah. but all the, you know, as you know, all the trainings are open, um, yeah. but there were definitely people from other places, but no one even knew me. I just showed up. Sure. And, um. And did you feel that similar vibe with other agents who were diff with different firms, like kind of sit back and like, what the heck? And where did the heck did this come from? Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely because you're sitting there going, I mean, my, my jaw must drop. It's like, what are we, you know, how come I didn't know that this existed? Right. And it, I think it's just that, and here's the difference. All firms are different. Yep. Different companies are different. Yep. And what I figured out at KW is we're just, we're really, you know, you've heard this saying is we're, we're a coaching training company that is disguised as a real estate company. So yeah. we're about developing people to develop other people and to help them put systems in place in their business to build it. And, and we talk about profitability, net profit. And that right. was not a discussion I've ever had at any other company yep, with, any, here. with anyone. And, um, and there may be reasons for that or, or, or whatever, but I think that when I went to that second one, um, and then when I figured out the financial model of KW, um, one of the guys there pulled me aside and, and asked me if we'd be willing to talk about launching one in Wilmington. And I said, yeah, I'd be willing to talk about anything. And when I figured out what their financial model was, I did the math and we could not have opened our own independent and operated mm. it as, um, you know, as cost effectively yep. as cheaply as we could have at being a team under the umbrella at, K at KW. Right. So that year, that year that we, I'll say this, the last couple of years that we had been there, we were, we were paying out well over 150, probably approaching like 175 and even more um, thousand dollars a year to our company and great company. We were just at the point where we needed that money to reinvest into our people. We right. weren't, we weren't getting leads from the, you know, is essentially we were, we were there, we were getting, um, you know, an office space, internet, and utilities and right. we weren't you know we weren't there wasn't the type of training that we needed to take to the next level right it wasn't the type of business we weren't using their employees so there right. wasn't um it just at, at, for us it was a natural fit a time right. to make a move so um i went to fso franchise systems orientation and then the more i found out about kw it was like the culture yeah and everything really pulled me in yeah so that was 2013 and um we launched with about 12 agents and Whoa. uh we were we're just knocking on the door of 250 agents good gosh how do you how do you how does someone go through that much growth what what do you what would you say is uh really helped to go through that type of growth to go that fast uh growth is messy so um just realizing that it's not perfect it's not right. perfect now it never was perfect um it's fun at times it's exhilarating at times at sometimes it is it's stressful um very rewarding though. I think yeah. 
I think the people are what, you know, are what keep you going, right? Because um, every time, you know, it's always a person that's going to take us to that next level. It's not what or, or you know, how do we do this? It's really yeah. who's the person that's going to take us to the next level. Yeah. So uh, we're, we've just hired hired some incredible leaders to take us to the next level in, in the different organizations. And, and that's exciting to, to give them opportunities to grow and help them yeah. grow. And I think that um, what, there are agents that have joined us that even no, no matter how bad it is, when there are agents in our company that will look in the eye and say, hey, you know, I know that I I know that I um, I blew you off for a year and a half or, or whatever. I knew that, you know, so it took me two years to, to finally come to KW. I'm glad that I'm so glad you didn't give up on me because yeah. being at this company has totally changed my business and it's yeah. totally changed my life. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound melodramatic, but you know this. I mean, yeah. if people's business isn't everything, but money's important and achievement and fulfillment are important. And if people are not achieving, fulfilling, if they're not hitting their goals and if they're not achieving what they want to in business, yeah, they're most likely their personal life is not very good. Right. Money, you know, financial stress is one of the biggest reasons that people get divorced, that people have relationship issues, I mean, depression. Yeah. It just is. You yeah. have to have money in this world to get by. Yep. Agreed. Um, you know, and so when we can help people with their business, it's a way bigger deal than we think, you yeah. know? And so I, the, the feeling that I get when people, the energy that I get, and like we talk about the why, you know, what I get out of that when someone tells me that like selfishly, like it just, it just feels amazing that yeah. we're able, that we're able to help them do that. And I just get a lot of joy out of it. Yeah. You know? So that definitely keeps me going. Yeah, for sure. One of the, uh, one of the guys that I'm coaching, he, he, he runs his own team. Almost hit 100 units in 2017. Him, him and his team, and uh, he bought a he bought a truck that he's always wanted this year. Nice. I know, and you know that's material, and we're looking at that. But he he wasn't able to do that in the past, and to watch him do that, and his smile from ear to ear, you know, and it it, it fills him up, and I, that that that's awesome. But I know one thing that you said was, and you've said a few times, is you got to pour into people, and it's and it's always the who. And when I'm working with uh, agents and really now what's interesting is if you run the MREA with any other industry, you're probably going to be helping them run a business. It does not have to be all real estate. Right. Like you can apply that model in a lot of different industries. Um, the GPS, right? When it comes to strategies, I, I challenge the people to think, yes, think about the strategies that can that can get you closer to conquering your priority. Who is going to run that strategy? Yeah. Challenge them on that because you're right. Who is super important? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, there's a, the one you talk GPS, it's a one, three, five, it's a one page business plan. Um, yeah. And it's, it's changed our world. I used to spend the GPS, yeah. days on business planning and vision planning and, and it was, you know, 12 pages and all this stuff. And it's just a, a one page thing and it doesn't have to be perfect and you can change it and, mm -hmm. as you need to, but you can take that. It's a, you know, it's, it's one big goal. Or one one um one goal, three priorities, five strategies. Yeah. To achieve each one, and then you can take that down, and you can turn it sideways, and it becomes an you can it looks like an org chart. Right. Or you can take it, and you can you can I learned from Seth Campbell, it's a one three five who what when, mm. and then you put on each one who's gonna do what by when, and then you mm. just slap it up on the wall and say, all right, this is team, this is where we're going, this is what right. we're doing. Here's how we're gonna get there, Ruben. These three things on this wall, they're yours. You own them. Yeah. When, uh, how long do you need to get this task done by? 
what resources do you need to get that done by? Yeah. If it's a if it's a large if it's a large priority, we might need to do a separate little plan on another sheet of paper for that. Yep. And we might have to coach you through that. Yeah. Help you figure out how to get there because there's a million ways to get there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be my way. It could be your way. Yeah. We could hire your coach. Whatever it is, but we have to get clarity on that, and we have to wrap it up. And we yep. got to put a we got to put a date on it. Yep. And we got to make sure that you know that it is 100% your responsibility. <laughs> yep. By you know by September 1st, this is you agree to get this done. You yeah. agree to get this done. Yeah. You say yeah. And we put it on the wall and we say yeah, you're going to do that. And if you don't do that, then I got to hold you accountable to it. Sure. And that's where we've really failed in the past. You can do the best vision planning ever and you can have the the greatest mm. offsite retreats. I'm sure you've done that before. Oh, yeah, yeah everybody's all fired yep. up. Yep. And then you wake up like, you know, nine months later and you're like, where was that thing that we did? I can't, can't find it. So it's not even worry about it, you know? And right. then by that point, then you're not, you haven't really made progress on yep. it. So I think, yeah, the, the who is, the who is critical in all that. And that's that we learned in coaches skills camp with Diana that, you know, asking questions is, the, is uh question-based leadership, question-based coaching is the way to go because that's how you develop people. Yep. And that's tough, especially if you're. If you're a high D, high I person like yeah. uh, like I am, like a lot of people are, and if you think you know something, you just want you want to help fix stuff and yeah. tell people. And, and really, sure. that's been one of the biggest growth areas for me is to still learn to just slow it down, yep. not tell people the answer, help people think better. Yeah. Because when we teach mm. people how to think and teach people how to get what they want, I mean, yep. that's true leadership, right? Yep. Instead yeah. of me just telling them. Exactly. I if mean, I just tell them. Five years from now, they're going to be dependent on me. Yep. You know? Yeah. And by the way, they will usually have better answers than I will. Yeah. And um, I've learned that most micromanagers and most people that are, that are you know, that practice bad leadership, and we all do in some ways, right? Yeah. Um, it, there's a there's a book called Multipliers, and they talk about diminishers, diminishing leaders. Right. No one wakes up and says, oh, I just want to be a diminisher. I want to, I want to diminish people. But we do, we all do because we, we have a picture in our mind of how something looks and then we want people to do it exactly the way we want to. Right. And that's still one of my biggest struggles is learning to step back and go, okay, I'm being a, I'm being a diminisher right now. I need to, mm. let's get agreement on what the outcome needs to be. Right. And then I'll help you get clarity on how to get there. Yeah. If you need that. Right. Um, but I've got to let you pick your way to get there, and yeah. I've got to let you go do it. Exactly. And the biggest thing I got to hold you accountable to doing it. Yep. 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 And and what's pretty like, a, and I'll go back to the, M, the when I say MREA, the millionaire real estate agent. Yeah. There's questions in there when you're consulting with your employees or your salespeople, and they're all questions. You're never telling them what to do, but by asking the right questions, would you agree that they would have more buy-in when they give you the answer as well? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> I had to, I had to, yeah, I had yeah. to go there, right? Um, that's super important. So you said Seth Campbell helped you out with this this thing called the GPS. Why should you you throw Seth Campbell? Who is Seth Campbell? Why should we trust in this guy? Yeah. So Seth Campbell is, I mean, he's one of the people that you know I mentioned when you go, you know, who are your mentors? I mean, obviously Gary Kelly. We got some incredible mentors, you know, yeah. way up John Davis, and I mean Mark Willis when he was there, Mo Anderson. Um, you have like the next generation of leaders. Uh, Seth Campbell is one of those guys I consider that I haven't even had a lot of, I mean, I've had some personal contact with Seth taking some of his classes, but you know, he did, he's done a lot of, um, he did some webinar trainings and just following people on Facebook and looking at videos. Um, Seth is one of those guys that, um, 
he's a student of leadership. He grew up uh, managing McDonald's franchises, so he's very different personality wise than I am. Yeah, he's uh, probably we're, we're very different on the on the behavioral spectrum. Right, and so I look to people like that that have a lot of differences in areas that I you know in maybe areas of my weakness. Um, he's a very deliberate, very process oriented guy, um, very focused on vision, very focused on on helping people. Um, you know, he's a definite, I mean, he's definitely a believer. And so his, he, he believes in, in God first and faith first and using business to impact people. So yeah. when I've seen people like him over the years, um, I just, I admire and I respect them and right. I plug into them because I like who they are. Yeah. And then by the way, he's building massive businesses all over the country yep. and totally changed the face of Keller Williams in the Maryland DC region. Yeah. Um, and then you go. Well, this is a guy that's he's an awesome guy, great leader, and he's growing leaders and growing people and changing lives. So he's an example and there's a and there's a lot of other people that are that I would put in that category. So just being around people like that's totally, you know, raised my lid, changed my game. Yeah, exactly. He's a guy that truly holds a standard too. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta meet his standard or you don't move to the next level. That's right. Um you don't probably stay on you don't stay on your level. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I and I believe he was no, what was him and Lucas Sherrod. Um Sherrod, thank you so much. Um he he's the guy and I mentioned this yesterday when we had the panel, was he said, Don't hire someone to replace yourself. Hire someone to crush yourself, mm-hmm. someone who can crush your position. And I both of it. them said that. And that's, I mean, holds so much weight. Yeah, so true. There, there are people out there that are far better than us in what we do. And we just, like I said, I think with a diminisher leadership, and if you haven't read Multipliers, uh, it's Liz Wiseman's the author, great book. And there's a great, um, there's a great one thing, um, the One Thing podcast. Yeah on Liz Wiseman and multipliers and that's that is a phenomenal uh, podcast but you don't we don't realize that we're diminishing people right until you until you kind of read about it and learn about it and you go oh yeah I'm that's what I'm doing and she and she kind of puts it out there and she says in an organization when you can train and teach your people that hey it's really it's really common that we that we unintentionally diminish people's um, capacity to learn and grow because we, we're coming from the right place, but we're unknowingly hurting their growth. Right. Because we're, we are, be it, there's different things. There's a protector. And, you know, it's like, well, I'm trying to protect you, Ruben. I'm trying to make sure you don't fail. Right. And you got to let people fail, right? I mean, I have failed over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we were failing now in a bunch of areas. Yeah. And if no one had ever let me fail, like if I had someone over, over me that was just, you know, constantly in my ear telling me what to do, um, you just don't learn really unless you fail is, is, is the honest truth, right? We just gotta, we gotta let people fail. We gotta sit back. But she was in that podcast. One of the things I thought was cool. I said in your organization, when you can build trust around that and go, Hey, look, we all, yeah, like here's my, here's my propensity is to be a protector, Ruben. So if you see me being a protector, you know, you can tell me, Hey, look, it's all right. I know you want to save me from this lad. You just, you gotta let me, you gotta let me do this on my own way. I know you want it done that way, but does it really have to be done that way? So if we can actually give people um, permission and put it out there, so we can talk about it, right? Um, that's right. a lot. And then you don't have people going back behind, going, "Man, lad told me to do this. Ruben told me to do this." Right. It's not because we're trying to diminish people. It's because right. our natural, it's our natural bent to try to do things and get things done quickly. Yeah, you know, you know it's interesting. So I'm, I'm starting to think. So the when you're younger, I know certainly when I was younger, you know sometimes you were told to do something a certain way. 
and you decided you were going to do it your way, mm-hmm. um, you that was in a way, would you agree that that was in a way of us stepping out of the realm of someone who wanted to protect us, maybe, and but still being entrepreneurial and kind of going around them and doing our own thing, but taking extreme ownership when things go wrong or when things go right, we'll look at us and say, oh, man. Maybe we shouldn't have did it that way, or I'm so glad I did do it that way. And then the person that was protecting you looks back and says, wow, man, I, I appreciate you kind of slapping my hand and moving around, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I've heard, and it's a great analogy of our pastor at churches use it. I've heard other people use it. Maybe like when you're teaching your kids, you have kids, right? Young kids. When you teach yep. your kids to walk, you know, you're not, you're not standing over top of them going, oh, that's terrible. You know, that's not right. going to work. You've got to do it like this. Right. Um, you got to let them figure it out. And that's just, that's just the way that we learn as humans. And I think we forget that. And we want to say, Hey, Ruben, you want to do this, this, and this, and this, and this is the way that I did it. Or the person before you, this is how she did it. And so this is how it has to be done. Right. There's probably a thousand different ways to get the same outcome. Half of them might do it even faster, even better. Um, if we allow people to use their creative genius and we put, yep. we have people that have creative genius in different areas and then we put them in the areas where they can excel. Yeah. It's going to like an organization, a company is just people. Right. And the beautiful thing about that is you're, we all have, uh, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And when you can put people in their creative genius in an organization, you can far surpass what any one person could do because yep. I, I may have some creative genius in, in these two areas. There may be 98 others that I'm yeah. not really that good at. Right. Um, so if I can stick in these two areas, and for me, it's probably vision and people and um, and then put the other people that have their creative genius in all the other areas, we're, we're far better. Right. right. But I don't think anybody, the, the cool part for me, and I've had a lot of realization in this recently, um, I mean, very recently, just from failing forward is that everyone does this, uh, even the great leaders and you just have to start realizing where you're doing it, empower your people to, to you know, hold you accountable or to, to create awareness around it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you see any difference from, because you're still, you're still running your real estate business, correct? Uh, I actually hired an incredible leader to run it. And gotcha. So, okay. Well, t- talk to us about that. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, Amanda Price, she is, she is a phenomenal, she's an incredible leader. So if you read John Maxwell, she's a, she's a definite like level five leader. She develops other leaders. She's a. She was a team leader up up um, in Illinois for about seven or eight years with KW. So she's been just incredibly trained and poured into. And she, uh, thankfully for us, like we live in Wilmington, right? It's a beautiful place. Beautiful and, world. And we get people that just want to move here. So she actually reached out a year or so ago and wanted to move down here. And we were talking about, you know, different opportunities. And she really, um, I think wanted to, she'd been in team leader role for a while, wanted to try something different. She's been coaching and training agents how to build their businesses at a very high level for seven or eight years. So she actually wanted to apply that and help build a team. And because we had been so focused on um, growing Keller, our team, Mm -hmm. we had kind of reorganized and make some changes on our team and rebuild it. And I had like a realization one day that I just said, Oh yeah, it's it's not me that needs to rebuild and run the team. Like I need to I need to hire somebody better for it. I need to, and and honestly, she's better in every way to do that. And so now my job is she's one of the she's just one of the key people in my world. Now my entire job is to develop her and to push her and keep pushing the vision and then give her massive opportunities, which means 
you know, we let her grow it as big as she wants to grow yeah. it. And I've got to really put my, put my foot on the gas, um, to make sure that, um, that we provide her the opportunities because if I don't, she's just gonna, she's gonna look for those opportunities elsewhere right. because she's, she's yeah. incredibly talented. Yeah. So I hear, I've heard a few people say that, you know, where they're beating their head against the wall and they're like, why is this not working? You know, and, and sometimes some of those people, they look at their self and they say, well, I got it. It's not me. I'm just really good in this other area not so much this area. So in your world, when did it hit? What did it look like when you said, when it fin- when it hit yeah. you, I was like, whoa, it's not me. I need to bring in basically a CEO to run my business. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I actually th- can think of a few things. Um, I re you know, you read a book and you're like, well, I read that book. Well, then I, I picked up the one thing again about a year ago and I hadn't, I mean, I, I live, I think I live by that book. I love it. And I, and I pick it up about a year ago and I'm, I'm reading like the first chapter and I'm like, I am way off. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm a operating principal of a Keller Williams market center at that time we were about to launch and we did launch a, um, a business center down in Ocean Isle Beach, which is about an hour away with some incredible people that we partnered with. Again, the who shows up. Um, and, I'm doing all these things and then, and then the team and you look up and you go, I'm doing all of these things and living all these different worlds. And, and I can't really be, I can't be as effective in all of those areas as I could if I was just doing one thing. Right. And we know that intuitively, right? Yep. So, um, I had that realization. I started, um, I went to coach skills camp twice now. And in that that's question-based leadership, question-based coaching, asking people questions to help them think and to help develop people and also asking ourselves questions. So, um, that helps us think at a higher level. Right. And the highest order of question, if you unpack it, that gives you the most energy and gives people the most energy, um, and has the best result. It's and you go through, it's like, if you ask, if you answer the question, if you ask the question, why that can create negative, it can create excuses. Hey, Ruben, why'd you do that? Immediately, it's like you're on the defensive. Well, here's why I did it. I did yeah. it because of this, and then and why do you you know and like right. how dare you kind of you know Question it, it can me. be yeah. yeah. So or hey, Ruben, what would you what do you think about that or what do you want to do or how do you do this? If I ask you how, then you're kind of getting down in the weeds and thinking about it. Right. If I ask you who, what? Hey, Ruben, who's who um, in the country do you know that is doing this at the highest level? Right. Because that may not be your area of strength and you go, oh, well, there's this guy named Seth Campbell or whatever, right? So now in my mind, all I've got to do is go track that person down and figure out how they did it. Right. So you get to basically the bottom line is who is the highest level, the highest order of question. It gives you the most clarity, gives you the most energy. And so then you start to ask who, and now I've gotten to the point that, and I still have to remind myself. Do you, do you quantify that who? So say if if you were doing... For example, twenty-five million in production. You look for someone who does fifty million in production. If you want to get to that, uh, how do you quantify the next, the who you should be looking for? It should definitely be somebody who has done, is doing, has done, or has coached a lot of people to get to where I want to go. Right. So yeah, they should be ahead, proven track sure. record. And it, it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be money, right? It could be um, that they are an extremely. Uh, extremely great at just being a family man yeah and you might be struggling there so that might be the who that you need to shadow see how they do it and all that yeah looking at looking at stuff like that yeah definitely got and it so so what i've gotten to go to the point of go well who you know who can do this and so when you start to think about that you start to look at people in terms of um 
look in the areas of your life. Like for me, it was running multiple businesses. Right. I've gotten to the point now where I've said, like, we get approached with business opportunities all the time. And I've finally gotten to the point that I've realized I can't do it um, unless there's a key person that owns it. And so like for Amanda, she's the key person that owns Reach Properties. Her job is to build that. Um, we've, we've got a very clear vision. And, um, and with that, she can execute on the vision. And now with, uh, now we've got another, we've got an incredible leader, uh, Wes Stolt with KW Wilmington, and he knows what his job and what his vision is. So now instead of me trying to run two businesses, which you kind of intuitively, like, unless you hold yourself back, you try to go just do, do everything right. Right. And you try to do everything and achieve and accomplish all these tasks, you're holding the businesses back. Right. So now instead of doing that, my goal, my focus is on helping them run those businesses. And then I have a much more narrow focus on what they need and, and really stepping back and let them lead people. Is there a third leg that's that you're looking at, like a, a third business you're looking at? Or at least thinking of a who of who's gonna run that third business? Uh definitely. I mean we're we've got uh we've got opportunities to do some some other some ancillary businesses, you know, um, insurance and we just we just got into a title joint venture. So at some point uh, in you know, rental uh, property management. So we've had opportunities to do those things until the right person comes along that, that really can own that and push it. Yeah. Um, we won't do it. I mean, I, I'm not going to do it until we're getting business with the right person. And those things will be, those things will be coming soon. And right. luckily I failed enough trying to do things myself or have other people do, you know, four or five things, sure. initiatives that we failed enough to know. Yeah. We're not doing that again. Yeah, absolutely. So say you have, Every leg that you or every opportunity that you've seen come into your world, you found a who to run that play. What's next for you? What are you looking on the super horizon? So I really think that um, the real estate. So it's 2000s. You know, we're in July 2018. Um, The world, the real estate, the real estate business, um, everything's changing very rapidly, as you know, with technology innovation, artificial intelligence, there is going to be so much change over the next 18 months, especially, I mean, in, in all business in real estate. Um, I'm excited for that change. I love innovation. I love disruption. Right. I love being yeah. a part of a company and a, and a group of leaders that, that are, are, are really trying to disrupt the entire industry. Um, because the industry is being disrupted, whether we like it or not, it's yeah. just going to be who, who's going to come out on top. Right. right. And so, I love being. I think that the next um, 18, 24 months is going to be is going to be critical. It's going to be a lot of fun in in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that uh, I believe we have an incredible opportunity. You know, right now to to grow. So I'm really focused on on growing uh, Keller Williams presence um, in southeastern North Carolina, and was recently involved in now involved in um, in the Myrtle Beach Market Center. So basically, coastal North and South Carolina. I strongly believe that we've got an incredible culture, an incredible business model, right. um, incredible tools and systems. And now, I mean, you I think you've seen some of the technology. It's to be crazy. honest, since I've been at KW, we haven't had the greatest technology. And you mm-hmm. know that. Um, I came as an agent and we, we already had our own technology and never really plugged into the KW technology because it just honestly wasn't – it wasn't – that great. Right. They were using technology provided by others that stopped innovating once they signed big contracts with KW. Yeah. So I've, ha- I've been fortunate to be a part of, um, of the labs, the KW command labs, um, and was down there with just some top agents. Gary Keller was in there. Jay Papazan was in there. Josh team. Um, everybody was in there and, and I've seen it 
and and it's you know coming soon. So I'm super excited about that and the technology, um, and and just going really fast because I, I I believe that that's the vehicle that we can change you know a lot of lives in. And for me, I go back to the thing like I believe that I believe that business is just our vehicle to impact people and change lives. Right. And so the more people that we can, the, the better that we can do that. Um, and the more people that we can serve, the more people that we can um, provide opportunity for, that's just, that's what my goal is, you know? And I think that what the part that really gets me fired up and that really gets me, um, just what I'm passionate about is, is leading people and, and continuing to grow and learn myself. I mean, I'm a, I'm a growth junkie. I love to learn. I love to right. grow. And as long as I'm growing myself, growing my family, um, and growing and developing other people, I mean, I'm happy, man. Right. You know, right. I wake up happy. I wake up energized. So if I, I keep doing that, right, I'm good to go. Do you see it to be more of where you're impacting market centers? Obviously, if you're impacting market centers, you're impacting agents and bringing the technology into their life. Do you see yourself ever moving to a level of where you control the, a region, maybe with KW International, maybe not so much on the radar? Not really on the radar, yeah. you know, I mean, for me, um, I think that there, there are so many opportunities that, you know, I mean, it's just, which way do you want to go? Right. Right. Um, I think I like, I think I like really having the local impact, um, right. in our area and developing relationships with people in our community and helping out with, with our community. I think I, I really enjoy that piece of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and the, the travel stuff. I mean, you got young kids and so the travel of a regional director and all that is probably, probably more than I, than I want to handle. Um, but the cool thing is, I mean, there are so many opportunities, you know, with what we're doing, you know, there are, you know, multiple market centers and the coaching. Um, I like to, I like to teach and, and speak and train. So I do some of that now. I haven't done right. as much recently because we've been We're going to have focused. to bring you to our market center. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so there's just so many opportunities. So the, I think I get more fulfillment out of those things than I do, um, than I do, you know, would do kind of regional director or something like that. And right. We got a phenomenal regional director, and we need to let him keep doing what he's doing and rocking and rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So I've got a few questions that I want to throw at you, all right? Go for it. All right, so here we go. Here we go. Nope, you answered that one. I'm going to move on to the next one. Oh, what do you believe separates excellent from ever average? Um, in a lot of ways, I could probably answer that. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, for me, excellence is like a mindset, right? It's just doing it's doing it the best that the best that it can be done. Um, I think that I think vision's part of it. I mean, average. I think average just happens naturally if you right. don't think about it. It's just it's what shows up, right? Because by definition, average is just kind of what it's it's what's being done, and so you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. So, right. um, and then you go, and then when you see you think excellent. I mean, just like using as an example, like the, like Tesla and things like Elon Musk, you know, like there's vision there and people thought he's crazy. Yeah. And then he launches a Tesla into space last month. I mean, the vision is what brings in the excellence. I don't think without the vision, I just think everything stays average. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And we were, we mastermind after our panel yesterday with some of the productivity coaching uh, clients and I was just telling them how important vision is because I've even seen where teams are running. People on the teams haven't made money in six months, but it's okay because they believe more in the vision. Mm-hmm. They know it's coming. They see something bigger. Yeah. And in what world do you live in where you won't get a six-month check 
right? And be okay with it because the vision's so dang big. Right. Like that's important. That's a huge, huge attraction tool. Yeah. Just having an amazing vision. Yeah. No doubt. All right. What have you gotten better at saying no to? Oh, you know, that's, that's a big focus lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I said no. I got asked to do something to serve on a board Thursday on a board that I really wanted to serve on and really it would, it, with, and, um, at first I was, I thought no. And then I said, and then I was like, well, how much, you know, oh, it's not going to take that much time as this. And I, I caught myself and I said, I said, Hey, listen, I, I, right now I said, I want to, you know, I got to give myself permission to say no, because I, I've been spread really thin. I'm trying to really focus down and really whittle away some, some responsibilities and priorities so I can do a better job. Right. I said, you know, so let's just say not right now. Um, and I'll look at it. I'll look at it later. Cause there are so many things I want to do. I mean, it's a great organization. I'm on the board at a couple different, um, and very involved with a few different nonprofits that are amazing. I mean, all of them, they're just incredible. There's so many incredible nonprofits and yeah. things that we can do. And if you just have to be honest and say, if I, if I try to help all of them, I'm not helping all of them nearly. I might as well just pick one right. and go all in on that instead of showing up and being and being average or below average on all of them. So I've really started to say no to some things. Probably the biggest thing that I still need um, help with that on or still need to grow personally on is is realizing that um, I've got to start saying no to everything that's not in my 20% or and yep. really help having other people help get that stuff done. Right. Because then what happens if I don't say no, and I've learned this the hard way. I mean, I've, I've screwed up in a lot of ways over the last couple of years and over the last year. And most of it is, uh, I mean, I want to help people. I love to help people. But I can get so focused on getting stuff done that I unintentionally and unknowingly kind of ignore people. So mm. got some feedback like, look, you know, you're you're there, but your head's down or you're walking through the hallway fast instead of, you know, so I'm trying to just be more present and right. say no to other things and push things off my plate so that I've got less things on my plate so I can and really help help people out. Right. Um, and pa- I'm very I'm a pleaser. I love it. And I also way overestimate the things I can get done in an amount of time. So, yeah, I keep piling on too much, keep piling on too much, keep piling on too much. Make sure you do a, a worse job in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you can, I have a tendency to neglect people, not yeah. purposely, just because I'm so focused on, I got to get this done or got to, got to get these things done. Right. So I think for me saying no is a huge part of it that will really help me focus on the critical things for me. Yeah. And that's vision and leading the top people and developing our people. That's so right. It's, you know, holding our top people accountable, getting in business with great people. So still continuing to, to, um, recruit and find like yep. top talent. Yeah. And then, um, and really leading those people coaching and training. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super important because if you, if you say, if you say no, or excuse me, if you say yes to one thing, you could be stifling opportunity on the other side for someone else because while you're saying yes, you're saying no to them. Yeah. Now, if you say no to it, you're, you're saying yes to opportunity and yes to a who, who could take on that and crush it because that'd be their 20%. Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, there's a good quote I've heard about that. I'll, I probably won't do it justice, but. It's, it's kind of like when you, when we start doing all those things, we're robbing other people of the opportunities to do the things that yeah. they love to do. Yep. So for me, you know, and that's part of why I didn't really love practicing law. I know now I, I really don't love paperwork and details. So yeah. when that's like your main job, yeah. no wonder I didn't really enjoy it. But there are people that love that. Like they love it. It's like a puzzle to them. Yep. They love to do that kind of stuff. Yep. They love spreadsheets. Um, Thank God for people like that. Yeah. And so, and they, they would, 
they would hate to do what I do. Right. And so I've got to stay in my sweet spot, stay in my zone, stay in my 20%. Because if I'm not, I'm letting my people down and I'm taking opportunities away from other people, like you just said. Yep. High five. Huge high five to that. High five. <laughs> Boom. All right. Um, what profession other than your own would be fun to attempt? Mm. Well, I already practiced law. That wasn't a lot of fun for me. That wasn't fun. Uh, I was a prosecutor. That was fun. Um, prosecutor was fun? Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was trial attorney is what I always wanted to do. So yeah. it was it was fast paced. Uh, learned a lot. Pract- you know, tried a lot of cases. Tried jury trials and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, if I can pick anything, probably like a pro athlete, right? I mean, I think those guys, those guys have it, have done it to do what they love. Um, so I'd probably say like the staple would be like rock star or uh, or a pro athlete to do, you know get to do what you want to do. What sport? Um, I mean, I love tennis, man. So yeah. I grew up playing a lot of tennis. Um, who would you play? Who would I play? If you could play anyone, you walk on that court and there they come. Man, if I got to hit with anybody, I'd say uh, Andre Agassi, just because he's a cool, he's a cool guy. And I don't know if you've read his book, but he's 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 um, written a couple really extraordinary books. And he's a, he's just a he's a great guy. He really does a lot. So I, I love his game. Yeah, um, he was, I was a big fan growing up. Have you tried um, reaching out to him? Facebook, Twitter? Have not. You should have not. Yeah, I've been I've been a little out of the tennis game for a little bit, but um, <laughs> I, I tell you what, man, I really do um, like on a on a more sort of serious. More, I mean, I'm, I'm 41, right. so I don't think the the pro athlete or the rock star things coming my way. Um, I think that's a limited belief. I, yeah, I think that uh, I think that um, the thing that I would do, like I love speaking and training, so I think if if I could do anything other than that, it would probably be. Um, speaking, training at, at a at a really high level because I think that's how you just have a lot more impact. So you know, I mean, I taught at your at your uh, market center a little bit every year ago. It was like thirty or forty people there. So yep, and that's a fairly small one. So you go, man, you you have a lot of impact there. And so even if you just you know connect with two or three people out of that, which I think you connect with more, but there's a lot of a lot of impact with that. So I yeah. think being able to speak and teach. Uh, and then do some coaching too from that. I think, I think that's a, a good way to have a lot of impact. And, and I get, I mean, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that. I get, it's fun. So I'd say, I'd say speaking and training. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, a growth plan? I do. Is that on it? Uh, yeah, it's on it. Yeah. Is I it? Mean, so we've done the, you know, obviously to have done the, we have that curriculum path with yeah. train the presenter, train the trainer. I've well, passed both of those. Yeah, and, let me know. I mean, if there's anything I could do to help you uh, expand on that, you know, coming to our market center or whatever that looks like. I know that's yeah. a, more of a smaller, yep. but it could be a stepping stone for something. Anything I could do to yeah. help is where I'm going with that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like back to saying no. So I started doing that about two years ago with yeah. traveling and teaching and training and stuff. Um, I, I basically said not now for that. And right. so I've learned to say for things that I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about a lot of things. So I've just had to learn yeah. to say not now. Like I love tennis. I played competitive tennis my whole life. Um, and, and even, you know, the last few years recently was playing at a pretty high level in Wilmington and you go, yeah. I just can't, I can't do it now at the level that I want to do it. So I'm, I got okay with saying not now instead right. of saying, instead of just feeling like I had to do it and then going out there and not being happy with my performance. Cause if you're sure at the, at a high level, if you're not playing and, and training in tennis and you go out there, you're just going to get your butt kicked. Yeah. And so then you go, well, 
not now because I'm I have I mean I have two young kids. Sure. Uh, I'm running a couple, you know, building business, growing fast. So yeah, I think I did that with uh, with speaking about a year about a year ago. I mean, I have uh, basically only two or three uh, speaking events, training right. events this year. Yeah. And, and, um, that's fun. I still get to do it and love to, love to do it, but I, I could see myself doing a lot more of that in a few years when I get my kids get a little older and when our businesses are, are a little bit, um, we have, we have more leadership in place. Probably right. biggest mistake that I've made over the last four years was not being really focused on, um, on developing that next no, that next level of leadership. So we had an amazing team leader when we started out, Debbie LaRiviere. She is a rock star, really did amazing things to get us where we are. And then Debbie wanted to um, wanted to do something different and wanted to move out of that position. And we woke up and, and we didn't have anybody on the bench. Yeah. And it's you feel foolish. And yeah. you go, wow. Well, then um, we've got an incredible, you know, MCA now, Terry, that wants to, we want to move her into a position where she can do more coaching and training. So it's like a director of growth type position, assistant team leader, um, more coaching. And we haven't necessarily developed anybody on that. So I think really being uber focused, like, like you would, if you're running a, like a professional sports team or football team, you're going, okay, like I got a first string quarterback, second string yep. quarterback, third string quarterback. Yep. Maybe yeah. you didn't have a practice squad over here of, yep. of these guys, right? Which could be your agents. Yeah. So uh, now really looking at that saying, who's going to be the next level of leaders? And then um, I learned this from somebody, I didn't make this up, but you know, when you, when you hire people, you say, Hey Ruben, listen, here's your job description. Here's what you do. Yeah. Um, you're coming in to fulfill this role. We're, you know, we know you're the right person, know you're the right talent. Um, you want to immediately start looking for your bench because yeah. you're going to, for you to have the next opportunity in this, in this company, yeah. you're going to need to have somebody to, you're going to need to hire and train and replace yourself. Yeah. So for you to go up, you're going to need that. And, and then here's the, here are the job accountabilities. And if you don't get those done, yep. you're not going to have this job. So we're going to need that person. Yep. So very proactively and just keeping building the bench top of mind. Yep. yep. So that's something we push super hard with every one of my coaching clients because you'll see that uh, sometimes you get fear-based and they're like, well, uh, you know, I want to let them go, but I'm afraid to let them go because now who's going to handle the business? It's going to be me. It's all going to land on me. And it's that conversation you, yeah. you kind of should have had from the very beginning was having uh, whoever is talent on the team to constantly look for talent so we can deepen the bench. So we don't, we don't run a business fear based when it's time to let them go. By the way, when they let themselves go, cause they're not hitting results. We've got someone on the bench to jump in and play. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, man. You know, one of the things I've learned, they talk about the messy middle and, and you know, like small yeah. business is the hardest because it's, it's small. It really is easier to run a bigger business. I can tell you that cause we have a business that's still fairly, our sales team, you would consider small, right? Right. Um, and then you have, you know, the, the market center that that has two hundred and forty, almost two hundred and fifty agents. You have a much larger, larger leader, leadership team, and you just have you have a deeper talent bench, and you have more people, and you have more resources. Yeah, it's easier to run a market center than it is to run a sales team. At that, from that standpoint, the thing that I, the big realization that I had, and this will really hit home if people are watching this or listening to this, that or running real estate businesses or small businesses, you know, you look at that model in the million real estate agent, there's the seven levels. So the level one is agent level two is agent plus admin Mm -hmm. level three. If you do it right is agent plus two admins. That's right. And, and not many people do that. Right. But some do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I didn't do that right because I didn't know. I'd never read the book and no one ever told me to read the book until we'd already built it. Right. 
here's the big realization that I had, and and I see people make this mistake over and over, and including us, is um, if you're at level two and you skip level three and you don't hire a second admin, what's going to happen if your admin is sick? What's going to happen? So you build a big team around or a medium-sized team around one admin, mm-hmm. um, and then you build a small, medium, large-sized team around one admin. Um, what happens when your admin gets sick? What happens when your admin, you know, when their kid gets sick for a week? What happens when they move? What happens yep. when they take another job? And all of these things have happened to us over the year. And it's kind of one of those things where you're like, how did it take me this long to figure it out? Having one admin in your real estate sales team, if you have a big vision for your business, you just can't do it. Right. Because when you lose right. one person, you lose 100% of your workforce. Yep. And uh, it really creates vulnerability for your business. And I look back at our sales team. We've done some pretty incredible things. We've been one of the top sales teams around. Um, and we did like $59 million in our highest uh, at our highest point about a year and a half ago. The, you know, not having, having turnover because some people aren't the right fit, some people move away. That has set us back so many times that you don't realize it, but you go, where could we be now if we really had a full admin team so that we had somebody running that department so yeah. that they're hiring the next yeah. the next person for closings or listings? And then the other mistake, so you know, you hire the next person and you've got two admins reporting to you. No, you should hire the admin that can hire, you yeah. know, hire someone who's an operations leader who can then hire the rest of the people. Yeah, that first hire is your most important Higher, yeah, no doubt. Do you scale it? So uh, the the agents and the actually the businesses that I'm coaching with now, we scale it. So if you do have talent within your business, how many leads are they bringing to you once a month? The goal and actual. Do you scale that conversation? Are we talking about admin talent or are we admin about- sales? Uh, any t- honestly, everyone's got a talent search goal. Oh yeah, every single month. So you know, that'd be great. We have we haven't done that, but I love that because it's just creating top you know top of mind awareness around yep, it. Yep. yep. Um, and when you let people know that, hey, this is the vision. This is where we're going. You stick it up on the wall and you say, look, this is where we're going. This is and. Uh, like how we get there is not really that important. If you've got the vision there, I mean, it kind of just naturally comes. Right. But when you're looking at a big vision, you got a big future org chart on the wall. Yep. And people see that that's where we're going and we're going to need people. Because 100%. if you don't push the vision enough, and I've definitely been guilty of this um, even recently, you know, you don't want your people to be thinking scarcity in terms of like, why are they looking for people? We're always looking for people. Yeah. We're always looking to get better. Yeah. And by the way, if you're, you know, I've talked about just raising my level of leadership and talent by being around people in the KW system. Right. We raise the level of talent in our organization. Everybody gets better. So, yep. That's right. you know, letting letting agents know that, yeah, we're going to add more agents. We're yeah. Gonna, and when we're going to train them like crazy, we're going to train you like crazy. Don't yeah. be, don't be, you know, don't join this organization if you're, if you, th- if you're worried that, us adding more agents or more people or more staff is going to delete the dilute the opportunity for you. It's going to increase the pie for everybody. Yep. And that might be a coaching uh, opportunity where they've maybe never had anyone stretch their mind to that. Yeah. But man, if they fight that, that might be a red flag because could you imagine a team that's got GK, old Gary Keller over here, uh, has got Jay over here, Seth, and we'll use Seth because we've been using him all on the same team. Would yeah. you be empowered by that or would you oh, be scared? Oh, man. I, I mean, it. yeah, you'd be stupid empowered. go work there for free. For free, right? Yeah. So that's already like a red flag if they keep fighting that. Yeah, good point. 
you're, you might you might have capped something within your own mindset to where you don't see this huge vision and how much we can all lean on each other to really build a super powerful empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Love all right, it. all right. Moving on to What's the next, next question. What's next? What's next? Uh, uh, what are the mistakes you're seeing newbies do in your industry? Newbies. This is for the newbies. I hope you're listening. Yeah, we we crushed this yesterday in that panel. You guys did. Uh, Jeremiah Barnett spoke. Um, this guy's new in the business. He's Jeremiah's, and he's a sharp guy. You know, he's he's been in some done some marketing before, and, and he's got people in town that he knows. So he just he knows a lot of people. Yep. So he he focuses a lot. Fayetteville. I just want to I just want to put that maybe plug that's out there. what it is, right? <laughs> so he uh so you know he really just um focused hard on, on putting everybody that he knew probably from his phone right. I mean, we all got. Most of us have like 2,000 or more people on our phone if we really yeah. look at it, and a lot of them live here. And so he put them in a database, starts calling. I'm just adding value, and um, and that's all he did, right? So he didn't have to uh, – I think back to your question, what's the biggest mistake is I think that people see larger teams operating and buying leads and doing all this stuff, and they think, I've got to go do that. And yeah. then you go spend money on that, and what they don't understand is – Building a higher, a, a larger sales organization like we've done with our sales team, yeah, you have to continue to add more um, cicadas. Loud there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the grasshoppers that look—they're huge. These green grasshoppers sound like cicadas. Yeah, those are cicadas right there. We got cicadas. Go. We are in the south, so you will hear yeah. cicadas in the back. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think unintentionally in the past that when we have, you know, we have some of our top agents teach Ignite. Yeah. We have a great um, agent training program called Ignite. And then you'll have an agent. We like to, we let, we like to grow our people, and let them teach and train. And I know that I've done this unknowingly before people ask me questions of where does your business come from and your team? Well, you know, if we're 30% internet leads and I say that, then they might think internet leads. So I've got to make sure right. we slow down and say, Hey, listen, if you're a new agent, you could do internet leads. You could, you know, I mean, you could advertise on grocery carts. Right. <laughs> you could do whatever. That's be a huge mistake if you did. Yeah. Really yep. for anybody, yep. but especially for a new agent. Yep. So just because you can do all these things, it doesn't mean that you should. You know, if you read an MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, we know that, you know, not mets, which are internet leads, are a form of a not met. The conversion rate on them is, is 50 to 1. You yep. know, and that's if you're doing it pretty well with internet leads, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there'd be a 2% conversion. Crazy. So, why would you spend a lot of money on something that is a 50 to one conversion that also, and it's place like Wilmington, we have a lot of second home um, buyers right. because I mean, a lot of people, they, they're in love with the idea of moving to Wilmington and some of them are out two, three, four, five, six, seven years. We're incubating leads that we've closed leads that have been in our system for seven years. Mm, gotcha. So, as a new agent, do, are you do you want to wait seven years? Do you want to invest in something that might take seven years and it's going to convert to two percent, or would you just want to build your database the old-fashioned way? And I think that what I love about the new technology that that we're coming out with at KW one is it's free to us. It's and it's just be, it's being developed by the top agents, so it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen. Right. But it's just something to serve us doing the basic old-fashioned business, which is basically networking keeping in touch with people, adding people to our database so you can just pick up your phone and say, hey, Kelly, add, add Ruben Garcia to our database and put him on the 33-touch um, action plan. Remind me to call him Thursday at 5 o'clock. Done. It's added to your database, and all that's done, right? And that all syncs with everything else. Um, I think that what I love about it is really getting back to the basics and encouraging our people that 
that's that's really the way to build a business. So Jeremiah's yeah, thing, that's, that's what he did. And yep. he's crushing it. And I heard Gary say from Sage one day, you know, the, the last uh, family reunion, you're at family reunion this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all, it was so basic, right? Like the they started with that panel and it, they were all database people. There were people that were doing 500, 600, 700 transactions um, and more. And they were all database people. Yeah. There were a couple of them that said, yeah, to grow, we learned that we had to do um, internet leads to supplement. Yeah. But it was just basic. And then I've heard Gary say then and other times he said, you know, people talk about getting back to the basics. And he said, well, getting back would mean that, that you got had permission to like he said, who gave you permission to leave the basics anyways? You never leave the basics. Basics don't mean that you do them and then you move on from them. It means you do them, master them, continue to do them forever, build on them and do add other things to it. But you yep. can never forget the basics. Yeah. The problem with adding Internet leads and we've experienced this, it requires a lot of time and attention a lot of phone calls and also a lot of urgency which means it can right. it's going to interfere with your life because yep. you don't know when they're they're registering at night and on weekends right yep. and um so the, the problem with that is you're you're adding that on there it takes up a lot of time and resources and it pulls you away from the basics mm-hmm. and i never realized that until you look back and you go while we've been building this big team and while we focused on all of this, we really did leave the basics. Right. So now our, with our new, with our new um, sales platform, which is, which is a totally different platform. It's called reach properties. And um, the mission is to move, connect, serve and grow people in communities and to be a vehicle to impact people. Um, what, what we're doing with reaches, we're going back to the old school. It's all relationship. It's all database. Yeah. We'll supplement with internet leads and, and with some things like that. Um, and, and we have inside sales team that sets appointments for agents, but our main focus is doing client parties, um, mm-hmm. doing, you know, doing and doing events and things like that and being a part of our community. And we do a lot of nonprofit. We do a lot of volunteer work. Yeah. We invite our clients to come in. Yeah. That's the most fun and the most profitable, most rewarding way exactly. to run a business. Exactly. So like all the other stuff is just, it's all distraction. It's all noise. Yep. Yep. And, and I'm I, glad you said it's most profitable because if, it's just a good business move. I mean, what? What costs more, buying leads or retaining leads? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, buying leads costs a lot. Uh, a lot more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was cool. So two of the agents we had the panel yesterday was was Hannah, Bridget, and Jeremiah. And you asked, you know, they asked two out of three of them, or you asked them all, you know, what have, what have you spent the most money on? And I was really proud that two out of three of them just held firm and said, I haven't, I don't regret spending money on anything because I haven't done it. Right. Um. And I know this. I know, and I was telling them to dig too. Yeah, you were digging on. You're like, come on, give me something. And they were like, there really isn't because <laughs> yeah. they haven't been right. now. And then Bridget has, and yeah. and and Bridget, um, I would be in the same boat as Bridget because I've spent. I mean, I could write a book on the stuff that we made, we've wasted money on. Yeah, the B two B, the business to business sales in real mm-hmm. estate is is strong. Mm-hmm. Those people are selling us stuff. They're mm-hmm. trying to sell us the magic bullet all day long. Yeah. And they're really good salespeople yep. too. They're well trained. Yeah. And so they're just picking off our they're picking off our people all day long yeah. and, and sign them to these long term contracts. But I was proud that, you know, that uh Jeremiah and Hannah yeah. hadn't. Help. Yeah, because honestly we, we I've made I've made those mistakes, you know, and, and I'm proud that our people are uh that that we're helping them not make those mistakes now, you know? Yeah, because I mean it- if you could quantify it, it, looks like the majority is not spending that money, right? Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the panel, 
two out of three said, listen, I'm yeah. not spending the money on anything like that. And they can earn the right to get to that point. When Jeremiah yeah. gets to the point, Hannah gets to the point where they want to grow a team and it makes sense yeah. to add more. But then yeah. you look at the internet leads would be the purpose of the internet lead is to not, not to get a sale. Purpose of the internet leads to grow your database. Yep. Yep. 100%. And if you, if you looked at it like that, then yeah. it would be like, well, hey, my goal, if we, if we look it up, the MREA has the, you know, we know what, we know what kind of, um, a conversion we can get out of our of our met database and are not that right. not met database right so it's a twelve to two mm-hmm. on the people we've met fifty to one on the not mets right so if we want to do two hundred transactions a year well then we do that we reverse engineer and say well we got to have this many not mets could be internet leads circle prospecting farming yeah. whatever you want. Um, we're gonna have to have this many of those people in our database that we market to at a fifty to one mm-hmm. immersion ratio. And then we got to have this many people in our Met database. So then you could say use internet leads to say, okay, to get to a goal of 200, if I start with internet leads now in two years, I will have enough people in our system yep. that, we can, that we can do that. But an internet lead is not synonymous with a database ad. You've got to actually talk to a person. And yeah. you know, Mickey Mouse is not a real database entry. If a guy tells you his name is Mickey Mouse because he won't give you his real name, on it, that, that, that doesn't for. count. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not against internet leads. No, no. We've done them, and yeah. we still do them. It's just right. not—it's not anywhere near right. on the first priority. Right. Almost every agent that we've seen that has come in new, some of them already are signed up with leads before they even mm. get their license. I yeah. don't know how they're finding them. Um, well, they're not. They're, they're the people who are selling leads are finding them. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So almost every single one that we've seen has been unsuccessful with that. And yeah. they've, they've ended up pulling it back and then going and doing the, the just the normal business, right? Going back relationship. to the basics. Back to the basics. Yeah, for sure. So purchases of less than a hundred dollars that have most impacted, impacted your life. Purchases of less than a hundred dollars that have most impacted my life. Yes. I'll keep it real simple. Um, the, we've really simplified the business. Um, I would say that like the old school planner, I'm still an old school planner guy. I'm a Franklin Covey guy. Um, I learned how to manage my time and my life with that. And I got away from that over the years a few different times because electronic age and Google Calendar, which I still use Google Calendar. But, you know, invest a hundred bucks and get yourself a nice leather bound planner that zips um, I've got a CEO, basically, uh, my coach, my maps coach, Mike Bashan, um, have pushed me to get a CEO binder and it's got tabs in it. So, um, and it's got my one, it's got all the vision documents up front, the one, three, five, the four and one for all the businesses. It's got my monthly at a glance calendar. It has, uh, um, then all the daily sheets. And I went back to the daily sheets cause I want to look at one day at a time. I, yeah. I've done different ones where I could see yeah. a whole week. And then it's all getting me overwhelmed. Back to the old yep. school where it's like, okay, Agreed. I can see it's Monday on the left. And yep. Here's my calendar. And then I got notes on the right. Yeah. And when Monday's done, I don't want to look at it. I'm going to move everything over to Tuesday. <laughs> so, yeah. So literally, and so I've cool. gotten away from that. And, I, and I've gotten away from it a few times recently. So I've now incorporated the 135 and the 411 back with just using the Franklin Covey planner. And the, the key is not to say, not to use the planner as a place to collect all these tasks. I can collect them all. Then I've just sure. got to bring them. I have an executive assistant. Who can help with some things and different people I can delegate to. Yep. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say less than hundred bucks, the old school planner. I couldn't agree. And it was important. I, I love that you said I look at one day at a time. You know, the wife or anybody in the office would say, What's going on tomorrow? Or what's going on two days from now? And I'm like, 
I have no idea. Yeah. Let me pull out my calendar and I'll tell yeah. you that. But I, well, I, I can, can do this with that, right? Yeah. And yeah. I do have the month. I do have the month at a glance. Yeah. You know, Gary yeah. Keller's a big fan of that, and and all of our leadership is. And yeah. I do like the paper um, month at a glance. So at the beginning yeah. of the month, I'll take my my phone or my Google Calendar, and then I will um, I'll go ahead and I'll update everything that's on sure. there. But like we have our KW International calendar out through the end of the year. Yep. Regional calendar out through oh, the yeah, year. Those things are that, already yeah. on there. Yeah. So if you say, hey, I want to come down to Wilmington and do a mastermind, do a podcast, I can look at my at-a-glance calendar and, and look at it and go, hmm, yeah. Yeah, I want to do it this weekend, not this weekend. And it just yeah. being able to see it um, all spread out on one page is better. But Yep. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and even on the panel yesterday, how important was it for all those agents to really get plugged into their calendar, protect it? And follow uh, follow your calendar and just protect yeah. the time that you have. It was super, super important. All right, man. So I've peppered you with a ton of questions. What question do you have for me? Man, how do you get that beard? What do you, how do you uh, grow a beard like that? What do you use for that thing? Well, first is mindset, right? You have to, you have to it commit. It always starts with mindset. Yep, you got to commit. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, uh, No Shave November started it. And I have – so we live in a military town and we have some SF, right? And uh, we have one guy, beard solid beard and i was like you know how long have you grown that he said well i dedicated one year i'm just gonna grow it for one year i said well i'm gonna do the same huh after that i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to it for one year and then it'll it'll come right back off nice nice yep, nice yep. yeah summertime it's gonna, it's gonna be the toughest yep. right now right? But here's the thing if you've committed and your mindset says that you're gonna do it yeah what, what is summer gonna do to me i like that i like that all right so here's the next question i would say what's your what's your uh where do you where do you see yourself? So we're sitting here five years from now, and you're like, man, the last five years has been amazing. What's uh, what's the what's same that question I ask my people. happened with Ruben? Yeah, um, it's funny you ask that because uh, someone else asked me that on the podcast, and I didn't know. I just, it's I don't, I, I struggle with that. All I see, all I see is that I keep doing what I'm doing now. Every opportunity that comes into my world, if it feels very uncomfortable, take it. And for whatever reason, it's worked. So more doors will open. Like with this coaching thing, I thought I was just going to coach non-cappers with KW. Then I started looking at cappers and teams and seeing what that looks like. Then I started getting approached by lenders and uh, uh, tattoo shops. And uh, now I just signed on someone who builds commercial buildings and residential buildings. So now I'm doing business development for them. But if I was very uncomfortable and I decided not to do it because, sure. it's, you know, it's it's just maybe something in my mind says it's not my wheelhouse. I don't, I don't know if I would have been as far as I am now. So I'm, I'm really enjoying doing what I'm doing now um, and just taking every opportunity that shows up. I will say I do see me doing a lot more speaking, panel stuff like we just had, um, traveling and just talking to audiences and and letting them pepper me with questions so I can deliver them as much value as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. Does that make sense? Definitely. I and mean, that's kind of like what I said with mine. Like that, I do get a lot of, I get a lot of energy. I get a lot of fulfillment yeah. out of that and, and helping people. You know? Yeah. So what do you say to someone like me who who doesn't really have that that solid five year clear, but still taking every opportunity that comes along, knowing that's yeah. going to. In five years, I know I'm going to be in a fantastic. I haven't even been in real estate for five years. Right. Like I know it's going to be phenomenal. Right. I don't know what that looks like. So, what do you tell someone like me? 
So just to, just to equate this, if you were a, uh, if you were, it's almost like a pilot going like, man, like I love flying. I don't know yeah. where I'm going. Right. I mean, you do have, you have some direction, you know right, where you're right, going and yeah. you're going places. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, um, have you, has there ever been a time where, where you're, are you, a, we all have a bit of, if we're achievers, right. A lot of us have a, have a bit of like perfectionist in us, mm-hmm. even if we don't really realize it. Right. That we want it, we want it to know, we want it to be perfect. Yeah, uh, I would have never imagined. I guess I got out of, I sold my law firm in 2009, so it's been almost 10 years, it's been nine years almost. Um, in two months, it'll be nine years. I would have never imagined then that I'm doing what I'm doing now, right? My vision has changed, but exactly. I, but I think I would say get a vision and put it on paper, yeah, even if it's wrong. Once you the act of putting it out there. And just you don't have to marry it, right? You can just date it and go, "Hey, look, this is um, this is what I think it is now." And what, yeah. what you just said, if that's what you think it is, put it down, yeah, and get a little bit more clarity on that. I think yeah. the fact that somebody else asked you, and then I asked you, and you keep asking yourself that, that's going to help you develop it. Right. And we, what we, what we don't do as leaders, and what our world doesn't do now enough is is just slow down and think, right? Because True. you know we wake up first thing in the morning. And, it's grind time, baby. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, pick up, I mean, just don't pick up your phone first right. thing in the morning. Yeah. Don't even open your computer in the morning. Yeah. I've done that for the last year. Right. And there are days that I'll get pulled back in. Hey, let me look at this one thing. And, uh, and next thing you know, it's like two hours later and you're caught in your email or down some rabbit hole. But I would say carve out the time to think about it, man, and do the, you know, and do that. I mean, it's fun once you start doing it. Sure. But I would say you just, Get something down, and even if it proves to be wrong, it will help you course correct. You know? Yeah. yeah. Weren't you military? You're military, nope. weren't you? You weren't. Okay, we mm-hmm. were in a military town, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you military? You're living in a military town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in a military you know, town. It's one of the principles of leadership and, and military strategy is, um, you know, taking an action is better than not it, taking a wrong action is better than not taking any action. 100%, so you're you're taking action. Yes. And I would equate that and go one step further and saying having a vision. Even if it's the wrong one is better than not having one at all. Right. Clear, right. 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 But it sounds like you do have one. Yeah, I might. I just not I might not be really sure on how to how to break that down. But I mean I I, I and what you said, I mean I mean I mean was it now is better than perfect or something like that. Uh Mark Zuckerberg said it. So basically, just take freaking action, man. Yeah. And 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 what's cool is the more action you take, the more clarity you get on your next step. Um, it's just these very small steps that I start bringing clarity to, um, and it opens up more doors. Uh, and you start getting attracted to being like, as soon as you start getting uncomfortable about something, you're like, that's it. That's the next step. Yeah. You take it, and I'd be darn this podcast thing. It's it's opened up so many doors, you know. But it was only because. I heard that we might be going audio, and if we're going a lot more audio, as people start building homes, they're going to be speakers in the walls, and when you come in, you say, hey, I forgot the bread, Amazon or whoever orders it, right? And like when someone says, hey, tell me about Wilmington um, and the real estate market or Keller Williams, this podcast could pop up, Yep. you know, so that's what really started it, and then it just got way bigger than that. It was a very small impact that just exploded to now other people's stories are being told, and and not really necessarily that the person who's listening would have ever heard their story yeah. ever, and so it's, it's it's a great point. Yeah, so it's I don't know, I'm just getting super uncomfortable and just and living in that world, and I just see I think in the long run I'm t- I'm on stage and I'm talking to people of of how to actually 
live uncomfortable. Live bigger lives. Live bigger lives. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah. I love that. So what question do you have for everyone listening? And then we will wrap this up. Um, I would say, man, I'd say the same exact thing. I, w- I would challenge everybody to uh, to think. I mean, there's a um, – I had a friend that gave me a – I think it was a graduation speech from West Point uh, written by Alan Dershowitz. And it's called Leadership in Solitude. And it's the idea that um, – and this was written probably 15 years ago. And I would say it's a thousand times more relevant now that we've got to carve out time. Yeah. To have like solitude and quiet time to think about what we want. Because yeah. So the challenge would be stop and, you know, spend a half a day, do a personal retreat and think about what's important to you, what, what you want to do. Um, because we don't do that naturally. Yeah. We didn't do that naturally a lot before. And then, you know, 50 years ago or yeah. however it was, then there's TV yeah. and there's TV always playing in your house and then there's music. And now we got cell phones, which who knows if that's going to turn out to be a, it could be the worst and best invention or worst invention in history. But like we're, we live in a state of constant distraction. Yeah. And so, and myself included. So put, put that stuff down on plug and create a vision for your life, create a vision for your family, like, you know, mission, vision. If we need mission, vision values for our business, we need one for ourselves. Yeah, no doubt. We need one for our family. Yeah. Um, that's why I like Quantum Leap. I teach Quantum Leap. Yeah, I, yep. That's where and, my mind and, went. And it's like, how can we even, how can we even take the next step or live our life if we don't know where that direction, where we want to end up is, right? Right. So take time to uh, create a personal mission, vision, value for for you, for who you are. Real simple way, if you don't have access to one is Quantum Leap is is phenomenal or QL. And if anybody wants to message me, I can connect them with that. Um, and I think the other way, like just that Franklin Covey planner has in the, in the front of it, a mission, vision, values exercise and right. you know uh-huh. what's important, who do you want to be and and, um, and then let that guide you. Let that – so take the time to think about that. Let that guide you because then when you have that as a lens that you can make all your decisions through, then life just gets a lot easier. If someone yeah. asks you to do something or you've got a client – we've had this fairly recently. We, we've, we've had opportunities to get in business with people on the agent side and on the sales side that um, that would have been good financial decisions that we just said, we're not the right match because they're not the right. Um, we don't have the same values. Right. right. And so, but I can do that now because I've taken the time to know who I am, who I want to be around. So right. take that time to get clarity on that, on that personal mission, vision values. All right. Perfect. So where can they reach you at then? Um, on Facebook, not a lot on the other stuff. You know, I know I'm not, I'm not as, uh, not as savvy as you on that stuff, but, uh, Lad Gasparovic on Facebook, uh, emails, pretty simple, lad, L-A-D-D at KW.com. I'm the, uh, operating principal in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, um, I'm pretty easy to get connected with. Awesome. They can always awesome. reach out to you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please reach out to me. I'm on all social media platforms at Proven by Ruben. And if you like this, please like, please comment, please subscribe, and give us some feedback on how much you guys like this and answer Lad's question. Thanks again, brother. Awesome. You're the Thank man. You. I appreciate it. Yes, sir.